Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sprinkler Nerd Show. I'm your host, Andy Humphrey, and today on the show we have Chris Pine. Chris Pine is an industry veteran. He's the owner and president of Blue Green Solution, which is a manufacturer's repping company. Chris works with distributors and contractors across eastern Canada, up and down the east coast from New England uh, down to the Carolinas. And the reason I wanted to have Chris on the show today is that Chris has been working many years to put together an amazing training platform. The training platform is called iratechtraining.com. And I wanted to speak with Chris about how he created the platform, how the platform works, and how you all as listeners can get involved with the platform and offer it either for yourself or to your team and employees. Before Chris started iratechtraining.com, he's been an instructor for the Irrigation Association for many years and got his start in irrigation working as a landscape contractor back in the 80s. So Chris has been there. He's been in the trenches. He's stood in your shoes in this industry in almost every aspect. And uh, I think today's episode is going to be really neat. And I encourage you to check out iratechtraining.com. So without further ado, let's jump right in. If you are an irrigation professional, old or new, who designs, installs, or maintains high-end residential, commercial, or municipal properties, and you want to use technology to improve your business, to get a leg up on your competition, even if you're an old-school irrigator from the days of hydraulic systems, this show is for you. Chris, welcome to the Sprinkler Nerd Show. Glad to have you with us today. What's going on in your world? Well, just uh, ma making the best of it like uh, like most of us these days. It's an interesting time to, to be in this world. It's definitely a good time to be recording a podcast because everything I'm doing right now is at my desk, Zoom meetings, podcast recordings, definitely taking advantage of screen time, so to speak. Absolutely. We, we've found that it's it's also a, a phenomenal time to be in the uh, online training business as well, too. The uh, the, the timing of that is uh, something that uh, I suppose uh, I want to say couldn't have planned better, but it's uh, it's been interesting to uh, to see the impact on, on that world. I think just the uh, ability to get used to communication over this medium has uh, has changed things a lot. It's funny because when you and I first connected, it was pre-coronavirus. So this just is becoming almost just good timing to connect on this while we're in the midst of opportunities for people to learn at home. And before we jump into everything that you've got going on with Iratech training, let's just start with a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, where you live, and that kind of thing. So I, uh, I live on uh, lovely Cape Cod in, in Massachusetts. I'm, I'm actually a, a, a native. I've, I've spent a good portion of my life trying to lose that uh, uh, stereotypical Cape Cod accent over the over the years. And um, we're involved in a, in a few different businesses, or I'm involved in a few different businesses. i president of one company called Blue Green Solutions, and we're a manufacturer's rep group. And we represent and work with a number of manufacturers in the green industry as a whole up and down the East Coast and Eastern Canada. And then actually I'm involved in some warehousing 
uh, facilities for an organization that we work with that manufactures pumps. And then I uh, spend a great deal of my time in the irrigation training world and uh, especially lately with our uh, company called Iritech Training. Awesome. So you're deep in the green industry, deep in the irrigation industry, obviously working with distribution and contractors through Blue Green Solutions, working directly with contractors through irrigation training. How did you even get started in this business? That, that, that's a, uh, probably a common story with, uh, many people, I guess, uh, of uh, this time I, I was, uh, the, I guess the classic entrepreneur starting, uh, with, uh, I don't know if you remember Andy, but we used to deliver papers, newspapers and that sort of thing, of course. And, you know, oh, absolutely. It, uh, papers and, uh, lemonade stands, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and, uh, I moved, you know, moved from that and directly into, uh, cutting the neighborhood lawns. And from, from that point, like many, uh, entrepreneurs in, in, in this, in this space, uh, it, it evolved into, uh, needing to, uh, move the mowing equipment around. And uh, so I continued from, from there and uh, through high school working in, in landscaping in, in one form or another. And uh, during college, uh, I, I actually got a contract, a municipal contract um, with the, the lo a local municipality that was contracting out some lawn mowing and lawn maintenance and uh, started contracting during college. Um, I had the landscape contracting business in two locations. Uh, once I earned a Bachelor of Science in Business, concentration in economics. I uh, decided that uh, my options at that point were to be uh, working with a consulting group or in a bank or to continue in the uh, field that uh, I've been in ever since. And, uh, you know, I've just uh, been involved in, in the industry in one form or another pretty much all my, my working life. And as, as time went on, I uh, sold my irrigation contracting business in, in 2000. But at that point, about 45% of what we were doing was irrigation. And so uh, like many of us that have become involved in the, especially the landscape irrigation industry, it uh, becomes a, becomes a life, lifetime pretty quickly. Yeah. So when you got these projects through municipal accounts, you were providing both landscaping and irrigation services. No, at that point it was just uh, just lawn maintenance. Actually, on the irrigation side, as our landscape company expanded into offering more construction services, uh, started doing more design build work, we we had the need to subcontract our irrigation system installations. And at that point, I, I saw uh, an opportunity with the contractor that, that we had hired. And, uh, you know, from there, I was like, you know, I think we can do that. <laughs> yeah. So do you remember a specific moment where you thought, gosh, we can do this irrigation. Let's get into this business. Well, it, it might have been at the point where we were standing on a job when the contractor that we had hired hadn't shown up again, that uh, I saw, thought to myself, you, you know, maybe this is something we might want to tackle ourselves. And you know, the funny uh, 
story is that, uh, you know, again, going back to, to the, the difference in time at that point, I, I sat down and I, I wrote a letter and I wrote a letter to uh, Rainbird and asked them for training, ironically enough. And they uh, sent me to a local distributor, and I can still remember sitting in the, the back room with a layer of smoke kind of down near my uh, uh, chest at that point, learning anything and everything, I would say reasonably accurately about uh, the proper way to, to do installations of uh, irrigation systems. Fantastic. When was that? When, when did you actually start learning irrigation? You said you sold your business in 2000, so obviously you were in the irrigation business for a number of years before that. It was late, late, uh, the late 80s, so I believe, I think 1988, 1989, thereabouts. Awesome. And uh, what types of products were popular at that time? It's always kind of nice to, to know what people were using at different time periods. So in the Northeast, what was uh, all the rage, if you will? Well, it's interesting because, uh, and I've, you know, it's funny that you kind of date yourself in the in the industry. That that was just about the end of when uh, the electromechanical controllers were being installed. That was on residential and and commercial sites. That was about the turning point when many of the uh, solid state and what then was to become the, the hybrid controllers were, were released. That's when the industry really started moving in, a, in that the direction of, of, I don't want to say embracing because that might not be accurate, but uh, adapting or accepting that technology was going to have an impact on, on it. I think largely many times, especially with landscape irrigation, technology has taken, it, it takes a long time for the industry to catch up with, with technology. And even then, you know, it didn't succeed initially because uh, there was just so little, little acceptance of it. But uh, we were contractors in the New England market and we didn't have the number of sole manufacturer contractors that were popular or were common in, in many areas. I mean, there certainly were some, but most of us all were uh, a hybrid of different types of manufacturers, products, and um, most of the systems, commercial and residential, seem to have a, a mutt mix of a lot of different types of manufacturers' components. So we were, you spoke to the fact that uh, technology was starting to get rolled out and we're going to speak to some of the stuff you're working on, which I think uh, sort of blends well with what technology is available today, because I think online training is a technology in itself. It may not be groundbreaking, but it's certainly new and innovative. What are some of the what do you see are, as some of the barriers to why technology hasn't been adapted uh, as quickly in our industry as, say, consumer industries? You know, I sort of feel like the green industry does lag behind uh, when it comes to technology? That's an interesting question. It, it's uh, the nature of, and, and I'll take a step back, and if you look at a lot of the, the installers that, that are in our industry, most of them started not because they selected a career as a child, you know, as a fireman, policeman, irrigation contractor. I mean, that, that just, it's most of us have kind of fallen into this industry and, and especially from the, the side of the, the role of the installer that 
typically learned from whoever they were working for. They've done things the way they saw being done. The, the need to solve different uh, problems with, with technology, I feel many times didn't exist. They, they didn't see a problem that needed to be solved. And, and a lot of times that's, that's what technology is, is used for it is how it's, how it's applied. You know, and, and it's even more interesting when you look at especially the amount of change that's occurred in the landscape irrigation industry in the past, we'll say five years, with remote access to uh, controllers. That largely was not driven at all by the, the supply side, as much as uh, you know, you would think and would hope that the the do the air quotes the manufacturers would push that along, just like with you know weather based and moisture sensing based technology, that was never able to really be pushed onto the the, the end users with all this accessible communication with, with irrigation uh, control technology now, that's largely, as far as the majority of the marketplace, being driven by the end user. And we've just never had that. I mean, we didn't have, you know, people signing up, people going out and buying, you know, special drip emitters and, and giving them to their, their installer or just putting them in their system saying, by the way, I put in the special, you know, emitter that I, that I picked up because I saw it on Amazon. You know, it's just, this has been a game changer for Right. And I think you're, you're right that the innovation hasn't been sort of top down. It could almost be a chicken or the egg. It's like in order to have a product that is going to move from the manufacturer down, you've got to have somebody willing to buy it. But the demand wasn't there coming from the install base. They weren't knocking on the door of manufacturers sort of asking or demanding or really wanting technology. And so you could have a product, but there wasn't a demand for it. But then now at this consumer level with the adaptation of smartphones and everything in our home being wireless and connected, I do agree that a lot of this innovation, I shouldn't say innovation, a lot of the demand for technology is almost bubbling up from the bottom instead of being pushed down from the top. You're right. The consumer demand is there and then the installers are simply meeting the consumer demand instead of driving the consumer demand. Let's transition over to really the reason for our talk today and something that I'm just floored by. I think it's awesome. And that's your iratechtraining.com uh, portal. Let's, let's talk about that. Tell us about it. Uh, Iratech Training is an, an online source for uh, irrigation professionals who uh, would like to, you know, advance their their level of, of knowledge. Whether it be that thinking about uh, pursuing a uh, certification, or they're pursuing a state license. Or if they've earned that certification or license, they're in need for credits. Uh, classes, courses, credit options. Um, also for companies that are onboarding new employees or are trying to cross-train existing employees, we've provided 
a, an online resource for our members that delivers, uh, I think we've got almost 100 130 hours of recorded uh, content up there. A lot of our programs are set up, like I said, for all different levels of, of, of skill and, and knowledge with more and more clear paths for a learner to be able to follow, to, to get to whatever destination or whatever goals they, they have for for their education. Uh, we're, we're really excited about it. We also have an area where we've actually been collecting, I'll say collecting or providing access to a lot of the manufacturers' information on their own products because ultimately what we would like the Iritech platform to be is a go-to resource for information related to the trade for the practitioners. And if they're in the field and they're, they're looking to increase their knowledge in a certain area, we, we want our, our members to be able to go to one, one single place and be able to have access to uh, a tremendous amount of information. Yeah, I think what you're working on is the, let's call your model the the new model, and there's a ton of awesome efficiency that comes with it. But to really appreciate it, I think we got to compare it to really what exists and what has existed for 20 years. In other words, if they're not using Eurotech training, let's talk about for just a minute how somebody uh, has access and how somebody is trained in the traditional world outside of online. And I know you're a big part of that and have done a lot of it. Well, it's interesting because if you look at the traditional training models, and, and there are many, you know, in-person delivery of, of information is obviously most, most common and they're classroom type environments and they're most appropriate for situations where learning uh, would require some level of preparation that would probably end in some type of a, a license or a certification. But with those environments, there is usually some level of trained instructor that, that's delivering that that content and then you know, on the other side of it the way that a lot of us learn in this industry especially for workers that are in the field it can range from some type of an organization that delivers somewhat or some level of consistent information to people as they're trained to somebody that's in a panic situation is just screaming at somebody over the phone because they're trying to explain how to fix a, a component um, in, in the field. And, uh, you know, all of those are, are some, you know, represent some type of a model that has been used, you know, in our industry, in many industries. And, you know, what one of the things that results from from this type of a, a platform with this type of access is that it brings a standardized approach to the the, the learning and look I, I as, as you had said Andy you know my experience and I, I've grown from being very involved and, and still continue to do a lot of in-person delivery of, of content and, and enjoy it tremendously I've learned a tremendous amount about something that I, I really had no idea we I would be as actively involved in it as we are now about you know delivering online content effectively so that the the end user learns what we really 
are trying to do with all this is be that, that consistent source that is available when you need it anytime so that people can go at their own pace and they're not having to go at the same rate as the group. You know, the big deal is, you know, you can hit rewind with our stuff. And I think there's something to be said about the timing of when you learn something. Take, for instance, you sit in a class, it's, let's say it's an hour long and you're learning about something that you know you should, that's information you know is important, you know someday you're going to need it. And then what happens is sometimes that someday comes to be and you're thinking, oh shit, I, I know I learned this in that class, but I can't remember. I think what you're part of what you're providing is now that person's in the situation, they go, oh, perfect. Let me go back to your tech training and check this module out because now I have like an immediate need for this so I can learn. You're matching up like when somebody needs to know it to when they can learn it. And you can put those two things together and it's really effective. And I think a similar analogy, I'll speak from the control side of things. We could have a room full of people, teach them everything they need to know about a baseline controller. And then six months later, they'll call and we'll say, yep, remember, we went over that in training. And they're just like, oh, right. But because they learned it, it wasn't matched up to when they needed that knowledge. And that's very typical of our industry, too, because even in the areas that are less seasonal, there, there still is some downtime and uh, there still is a need for training. And many times management will always tend to want to do training. They want to check it off. The training was done. But that means that the, the, the training is done potentially like you said, six months before, nine months before it's, it's ever applied. And, and really, as, as you study how we retain information, that amount of time needs to, ideally, it, it would be within days or hours. Yeah, another good example would be, let's take uh, an Excel worksheet. There is so much you can do with an Excel worksheet. And so what happens is I'll be in a situation, I'll go, I know this is possible but I don't know how to do it. So let me go ask Google how to do it. Sure enough, there are the instructions. I put it into play. It works. And I retain it because I was actively learning and putting it into play at the same time. And it's like those skills put on top of each other slowly over time really makes you an expert. So it's a great way to learn. I'd like to have you talk a little bit about how this platform works. So can you just kind of walk us through... What does it mean to sign up? Uh, how do you use it? Um, just kind of a brief overview of what it's like to log in and access the material. Uh, www.iratechtraining.com. There is a login option at that point. Uh, login will take you to a menu of, of courses, uh, depending upon your, your needs. As far as the registration process, we have a very, very simple uh, process for registering. Actually, the, um, the cost for individual users is about $198 a year. And we can either bill that out at, at one time for the membership, or we can break it down into a monthly uh, rate of uh, $1,650 a month. And we have a 
pretty equal split with with how our our members uh, do do the billing. We also have corporate or company memberships. Those company memberships have the well. There's no real. There's some discounting as the the organization size increases. But what that provides also too is the ability for management to be able to have a specific dashboard that will be that will have access to their learners on their team so they can track their individual progress uh, with uh, and they can also add their own um, content as well to that uh, is all part of the uh, the program which some of our corporate members have, have taken advantage of as well too. The process is, is extremely simple. We chose to use Talent LMS as our learning management system, our platform after trying to do it in-house, which was a learning experience to uh, go from a uh, delivery content type of an organization to supporting a, an LMS pla- you know, platform like that. Uh, we selected this platform because of the the customizability of it. I like what you were starting to talk about in in regards to a company having some visibility over their staff uh, training. Can you tell us more about that? Because in my mind, I'm thinking that let's say the the boss or the supervisor or even the owner said, hey, Steve, we're working from home today. I want you to take three hours of online training. Well, Steve could be taking three hours of online training or he could be watching YouTube or doing whatever. How does the the manager like keep track of that? The the manager can has visibility to the time and the content that was reviewed or viewed by the by the learner. The other part of it that we have incorporated into the uh, platform is testing that is required in order to move on to the the next level or the next course and a lot of that is designed to make sure that the learner actually did um, pay attention to a significant part of the the, the content uh, because we know that a, a lot of uh, bosses, management, it really wants to make sure that the material is, is uh, absorbed. But you know, the interesting thing about it, too, is that it's kind of a two-way street. And one of the challenges that, that we face with any type of learning in our industry as well as others is that the expectation from management many times is that training is something we call it as a kind of a, a magic wand that, that gets waved and instantly everyone is trained. And, and that's, that's absolutely not the, the case. Management in general, I'm, I'm, I am generalizing it, it would very much like it to be that way, but the most effective way to ensure that the the end result, which is better performance, uh, better knowledge, uh, more profitability for the, the, the company, in order to make that happen, it really requires engagement from management and the learners. And, and really that's, uh, as we look into 
our crystal ball. And yeah, we're working on cool things. We're actually doing a whole bunch of recording now for Spanish, uh, which is, uh, is a bit of challenge for me and it's well, well needed in, in the industry, uh, especially standardized content so that everybody's learning the same thing. But you know, what we're uh, really uh, trying to, to look at are the development of tools to engage the learners more, but as well as management so that, you know, like, to go back to what we were saying before, that part of the, the online learning experience is that there is the, the material that's presented, but then there's also some reinforcement in the field, be it through testing or just a hands-on type of, here's a valve, and we're gonna talk about how it works and everything else. Now take the valve, put it in your hands, take it apart and do that. And that's, that's what we're trying to integrate now and into the future to improve the programs and the effectiveness of it. I got you. So almost like taking a, a valve off the truck, bringing it indoors and using that real world product in hand to go along with the training. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And being prepared for it uh, ahead of time. So that's, you know, part of this development is making sure that all of these have uh, the, the modules have the expectation that there are certain tools that are needed and it may be part of the testing process after, but really again, ultimately what we're trying to do is ensure that end goal of improving performance, retaining that information, and ultimately profitability of a, the organization is achieved. One of the bottlenecks we have in this industry is access to training. And it's not only access to training, but it's uh, there's just not enough of it. Um, there's not enough trainers. There's not enough manufacturers reps to do it. It's been costly. Uh, sometimes a, a individual has to get on an airplane fly to the IA show, you're talking two to $3,000 when it's all said and done, just to go take a couple training classes. This really has an opportunity to, to scale and help the entire industry improve, as well as I think help companies who are looking for staff. It is hard, we know, to find knowledgeable irrigation installers, service technicians, salespeople, the whole nine yards, that this can really help companies uh, train new individuals or train someone that has had one year experience in landscaping and now they're ready to venture into irrigation. This can really help bring a lot of value into our industry. One of the things I'd like to sort of roll under the hood a little bit with you, because it, it may be that I'm interested in this, but I think that it's nice for our audience to, to also know how long sometimes these uh, companies and projects can take to come to fruition. Can you talk a little bit about when you first had the spark for this project, even if that was 30 years ago, and when you actually started it and how long it took to build to where you are today? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it was about, about five years ago. I had been, well, even a little before that, I had been approached many times about putting together some type of a program for people that had wanted to earn a IA certification in, in design. Because there are so few people that were interested, we'll say, in one geographic location, I was never really able to do it until I you know, kind of thought about it and said, you know, why don't I just do kind of a web-based learning experience? And and I had about uh, a dozen people up and down the East Coast, and they enrolled in a delivery of a remote 
class, kind of like a lot of the learning that's going on today. And um, I recorded it. And because I think, uh, I think we were using GoToMeeting then, and uh, I hit the record button. And when I was done with it, I thought that she should kind of be neat to uh, maybe put this up on our website and, uh, you know, we could uh, charge people money to have access to it. So from there, well, you can see where this is going. It, it, I started tossing the possibility of, of how this might play out in, in our industry and starting to put the the plans together with the technology that was out there, albeit pretty pretty casually. As as time went went on, and I, I kept refining the uh, the process, the plan, what what this could become, collecting more research, doing more research, and collecting more data on the the possibility. I mean, you know, I can remember the first major decision that that we had. I had accepted that we were going to 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 go bigger with this, the, the name, the concept, how we were going to initially get get this so that the people had access to it. And then there was the concept of what do we charge for it and, and trying to look at the cost structure. And this is just well, well outside of my comfort zone and what I've been doing most of my career. You know, we decided after many books being read that uh, we would go with high volume, low cost membership type business or platform. That's, that's where we're going. But it's been about, it's been about five years really since, since the beginning. And it's continues to evolve almost on a, say, arguably a daily basis. So we, we have- yeah, I think the training is essentially unlimited on the types of questions that people have and the things they need to learn. Uh, five years is certainly a huge time investment. So kudos to, uh, putting in the time. It's a long time. How did you decide which modules to introduce, record, and put up for training first? Like what type of training came to mind? You said, God, we've got this whole industry of knowledge. What do we do like first and second and third? Well, I'd love to say that there was a well mapped out plan from the beginning. There wasn't. And the, the initial emphasis was solely on, on certification uh, training. Got it. So IA certification training, that was like the initial premise. Correct. And uh, my, myself and uh, another principal in the, in the organization, Kurt Thompson, both have extensive experience in that. And, and really from, from there, it went to the, the need for credits for uh, continuing education requirements that started to move more into from the, the IA's requirements into uh, several of the, the, the states that, that require licensing and the ability to deliver those credits from there. And um, as Kurt became more involved in, in, in Aerotech, his responsibility and focus is much more so now on the educational content. And, and we really began starting to, to put together the, the overall programs after assessing really more completely the, the needs of the industry, which range from somebody's going to start 
install or inspecting irrigation systems tomorrow to they're going to be a senior technician to certification to licensing to again just being able to access data on specific products so so you've got five years in there's a plethora of information already inside platform where do you see your tech, uh, you know, in five years? If you had a crystal ball, what's it look like? It's uh, we're 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 very excited to to get to that uh, that break even point. You know, that's uh, something that's okay. So step one, you want to make money, right? Get your five years of investment back. <laughs> like any good business, it's it's interesting. Most of the the businesses, I'll say, all of the other businesses I've been involved. And had the the potential for profitability from from day one, and meaning it could start with a single owner, and it, it, it could start where there was a uh, you're, you're making a certain percentage of, from dollar one there was profit involved in it, and, and so th- this organization due to the needs of establishing the the, the content uh, the people to, uh, to, to manage the, the, the sales process and, and, and that and whatnot will require a capital investment and or has required capital investment and certainly uh, some uh, a plan and some patience as to when that happens. Yeah, and resource. It's resource heavy. It takes uh, time to do and build all this. And so if you got to make money, I'm, I'm sure that you will. And, and if you're listening to this, go get yourself registered now before Chris realizes he has to raise the price. So if you get it, go get in now while the getting's good. <laughs> We've only had two increases. I think the next one's coming in July. We've already been talking about that one. You know, we're there, there are straight there are membership benefits strategies. You know, to to improve the experience overall. But uh, yeah, the the pricing is uh, continuing to uh, increase as the the, the benefits uh, increase as well. Too. I, I was saying that jokingly, but uh, yeah, you just heard it. You go get go register now while it's uh, on sale, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the next uh, several years, our what we're working on now is uh, to convert the technician level training to Spanish. That is consuming a tremendous amount of investment. We are working with a gentleman uh, named Diego Paez, and Diego is uh, he, he has just been fantastic to, to work with. We're not dubbing over. We are actually recreating all of the, the, the content and improving the quality of it as we progressing in time. That's, that's one thing that's been interesting. I mean, when we were recording this stuff, in, in the beginning, I didn't know anything about how to uh, record a lot of this stuff. What I have learned and the, just the, the general quality of uh, visually as well as the uh, being able to ex- uh, present the content, uh, just tremendous. The, the equipment that we're using now is uh, just light years ahead of what we started uh, recording with. But uh, after we get through, and I want to say after, to, while we're doing the uh, movement to the Spanish language content, we're also committed to providing at least 10 hours of new content that is credit worthy for professionals. So they're not having to take the same material. I mean, look, there's only so many new and different ways for uh, additional information. We're getting creative. I think we've got about uh, 30 credits of or 30 hours of credit worthy material up there now. Awesome. Well, that's good to know too. So if somebody buys in and they binge watch all of your content, 
they at least they'll know that there's new content being continually added to the platform. So their investment continues to pay off and pay off. If they continue to want to participate and learn, you're going to add content ongoing. So that's, yeah, yeah, we're, we're committed and we've already actually, you know, the certified irrigation contractor program was one of the first we, we did. We recently just re-recorded that and we're working through that. So we're actually updating all of the original content as well too. So we, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot more than, uh, just a, uh, here it is and uh, go for it kind of a program where we're constantly updating and uh, we're, we're committed. So looking for five years out, uh, I, I think we'll probably end up with the two, 250 hours of material up there. That's going to continue to grow scope and, and complexity for, for our members. So before we wrap up, I'd like to hear from you how the current pandemic has influenced your business uh, and maybe the changes you've seen over the last 30 days as it relates to online learning? The, the, the timing of it hasn't, we haven't seen a, a tremendous spike in membership yet. However, we, we've seen a significant increase in the engagement of our members that are using the platform a lot more. And it seems like the, the general acceptance for our, we'll say, management and our society on delivering and, and receiving information in a uh, format like, like this, it has changed radically. And let me, if I take a step back and look at one of the challenges we've had with this business so far has been that many times, and I don't want to say it's, it's, it's an age thing necessarily, but people that have grown up with technology throughout their, their careers, their lives are, are typically more accepting of it as, as a medium, especially online learning and, and learning um, in this type of a, a, a format. But many times management hasn't grown up in, in that and, and used that medium. So it's been a real challenge for us, especially with, with our, our corporate programs, when many times the people that were signing the checks were a lot less accepting of the, the, this format for learning than the actual learners. So it was, a, it was a challenge we had to overcome. And that's something I'm seeing that's starting to change in what's happened in the last 30 days is that we're, we're all, you know, I sit on a local uh, a zoning commission and we're, we're going to zoom for, for our meetings there. And there's people on that committee. I'm the youngest guy on the committee with the, you know, probably the most technical savvy, if you will, and everybody's into it, you know? So, I mean, it's just, I think that is, is really just starting to uh, uh, become a part of normal for us. And it's, it's helping with our acceptance of this type of uh, uh, learning. Yeah, I think so too. The, the the learners are being trained how to learn, and then they'll that'll bubble up. So the brought to the boss's attention, they approve it. I think uh, you're right. I think you're you're at the perfect storm. Right product, right time, right market, right demand. So that's awesome, Chris. Well, I'll give you uh, tons of kudos for, like I said, putting in the five years building all this content. I think that this is one of the elements that's providing a change in our industry. And it is a technology, although it's not something that is being sort of created. This just moving the learning online is a game changer. And uh, appreciate you bringing it to market. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You know, it's, uh, I appreciate that. And it's, uh, it's been a great experience for me uh, professionally and, and personally just to, uh, learn what I've learned in, in the past five years uh, about this. And it's really exciting too. I'm uh, looking forward to, to doing this for many years to come and really just being able to adapt and change as, as uh, our industry's needs do the same. Yeah. So if somebody wants to register, they can visit eartechtraining.com. Uh, is there a way for someone to reach out to you or is there somebody else at your company that you would like someone to reach out to if they have questions? The simplest way to, to reach out for questions, and it goes to, to all of us, is info at iritechtraining.com. That's the simplest way to do it, info at iritechtraining.com. We'd be glad to provide a uh, demo uh, for you to understand the experience, see what's in there, take a look. And really, for anyone that's, that's listened to this, we'd be glad to, to set you up with a, with a month free to just uh, mention that uh, you, you heard this uh, discussion with Andy and I, and uh, we'd be glad to give you free access for a month to, to poke around in there and see what we have going on. Awesome. Sweet. So free access to anyone listening on the Sprinkler Nerd Show. There you go. One little uh, nugget of value for tuning in today. And uh, Chris, maybe in six months or a year, we can circle back and, and see how the progress has been. And uh, yeah, appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Thanks so much. That sounds great, Andy. I'd love to do that. Cheers. Take care. There you have it. Another innovation in our industry, iratechtraining.com. I know personally that training is something that many companies need. I've been asked for it a lot. I think that the training bottleneck is something that is holding our industry back a little bit. There are more jobs for irrigation technicians than there are irrigation technicians. And if you're just starting out and you've uh, learned on your own, the iratechtraining.com platform will be a great place to expand your knowledge base and perhaps even study up for some industry certifications. So I appreciate you joining us today. As always, I would love to hear from you. I would love to know where you live, a little bit about what you do. Just feel free to drop me a line and reach out. It's always great to hear from listeners. And uh, if you have any suggestions, pass them along as well. So I think uh, that's going to wrap it up, guys. Until the next episode, happy sprinkling, and we'll talk to you then.